Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. You know, being invited to be in the room where it happened is, is a real honor for me. You know, I've been striving to be a leader in the space. You know, I, I consider myself a leader. I try to help as many people as I possibly can learn about CX, learn about the contact center, you know, never sell in any of my videos. Um, so the honor to be able to come in here to be one of the exclusive customers, I think is, is a little bit of a highlight. Um, and, and it's showing a lot of the things that we have been doing, you know, as a company with the content that we've been posting with the help, hopefully that we've been doing, um, with a lot of different customers and just people that are new in the space. This is kind of a, a little bit of a highlight. And, and I think it's, again, it's some justification for a lot of the things that we've been doing. So it, it is a really big honor to be here. Everyone like that? That was good. Let's kind of get into the, the product aspect a little bit. Could you just walk me through the journey with NICE? Yeah, we have a, the, the journey with NICE has been totally unique, right? A lot of people have migrated from an from a, a on-prem solution or a different CCAS platform, but we started as a startup, which is kind of unique in the space. So I ran a 2000 seat BPO, a lot of financial services clients. And that was great until, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010 happened and the kind of the, the great recession turned into the great depression for us. So, you know, some private equity guys came in, bought the company and then fired all of us about three months later. So, you know, I had the opportunity to have all of these amazing people from supervisors to IT professionals, to HR, to client support personnel. And, you know, we all had lunch and <laughs> most of them bailed, um, said peace. But, uh, you know, there was a core group of about four or five of us that said, if you build it, you know, we will come. So I did. And, and we went out, we got investors. And 2010, 2011, Expedia was born. And we started with four agents. And so I have been through the whole in contact to nice CX1 to CX1 to just nice that that whole kind of purchase um, and, and journey with nice, you know, from from a very small center to, you know, now in that seven, 800 seat range using a, a, a wide variety of their tools. So it's, it is, it's a unique way that we've grown up with, with each other, I think in the, as, as, uh, as contact center technology providers and as, as us as a BPO. Um, so it's, it is a little bit different. I want to double click on, on the part three you talked about, you know, your journey going through the recession and basically having to reinvent yourself. Like, you know, CX, this space is constantly changing. Like you always have to pivot. And I feel like your personal experience, like you get that more than anyone else. So I think when you look early on as the cloud has migrated, right? So really we can talk about late 2000s, but really in the, the, the 2010, 2011, 2012, when it really came on board, 
it was the absolute perfect timing for us. We were an on-prem Avaya switch before, which was hundreds of thousands of dollars, to be able to come into a cloud solution that we could scale with, that we could start extremely small with, that I had Big Brother behind me, that any tool that a customer or a client would want, I can say that I have, because I do, might not be on my BU, but I can say that we have it, um, was, was absolutely the, the, the way that we scaled and grew our business. We could have never afforded it if we started in 1999 with the amount of, of revenue that that would have cost or the, the, the amount of just, just manpower and IT power that it would need. I mean, even with my BPO, a 700, 800 CPPO, I have three IT people. Um, that's it. They're experts on the platform. We don't need a, a heavy-handed IT force of, of doing a lot of different types of programming. So you know, from that standpoint, we have all the technology, but I don't need all the manpower to handle it as well. Last night, you geeked out a lot over analytics and sentiment analysis and, and you know, how that's been able to transform your business and your client's business. Geek out for me again. Yeah. Talk about why those aspects are so important. Speech analytics has been the number one revenue generator for us. Um, I think for, part of it is because it looks cool when you demo it. Right. That, that's the kind of the utilitarian kind of piece of it. But it goes deeper into a lot of the things that we want to do as a company. Nice talks about, you know, we can do sentiment analysis and we can look at trending keywords and phrases. Well, we've taken things to a, to a whole different level of of kind of siloing analytics, using creative thoughts that, you know, we can we can talk about. Um, I don't know. Should I talk about it here? I'd probably blow that. So with with, with analytics. You know, some of the things that we have done is instead of, again, just looking at keywords, trending keywords, sentiment, um, we have looked at things like if a customer comes to us and says, hey, Tom, I need an 80-30 SLA, but uh, I can't afford, you know, the, the amount of staffing of, of 35 agents. What can you do for us? Now, we can flip on analytics and we can start to take and look at calls and, and do a test of, of how long it takes for us to answer until sentiment drops. Right. So using sentiment analysis to actually staff appropriately to make sure that CSAT and NPS don't drop, but still not kind of maintaining that 80-30 SLA that everybody talks about uh, as kind of that, that world-class standard. That's been a huge, huge impact. We incent our associates and pay our associates off of sentiment. So I can tell my clients, 100% we are treating your customers the right way. We're using the right words. Um, the phrases that we're using, the tone that we're using is proper because they see these reports every single day on the tone and the sentiment of our agents. Um, so utilizing analytics, I, I think, has been, again, a, a whirlwind of, of opportunity for us from a revenue standpoint, but also the amount of value that we've been able to add to customers uh, to get insights you know, beyond the, you know, just the trending keywords has been, been really cool. One other thing, too, is we have a lot of clients now that they have been, we have a retail toy company that when they launch a new product, they will put in a, a, a specific 1-800 number into the product that says, hey, if you have any problems, call this number. So we can track that skill and we can tell them things like, hey, you know, 35% of your customers over the last two months used the phrase too expensive when it came to this product that they just purchased. So to be able to give those type of marketing insights beyond just, again, trending keywords, sentiment scores has been a huge revenue generator for us, but again, a huge value add for a lot of our clients. What have their reactions been like, like your clients seeing these insights that you're generating? Analytics demos unbelievably well, right? It's, it's, if you understand the platform and you understand where you can go with it, 
it's by far been the number one biggest generator of business for us just on that tool, let alone the added value adds that we're getting from a revenue standpoint. So, you know, when, when you can wow a customer and it, wowing customers is hard, right? The, with the technology that's out there today, uh, you really have to do some special things to, to make sure that you know, you're doing something different. And because we become so good at the analytic piece, we're able to do that with a lot of different customers and a lot of different customer bases, which has been really, really cool. Obviously, with for analytics for AI, data is king. There, talk about how important CX data is, especially right now in this moment with analytics and AI really taking off. So, I think big data has been talked about forever, right? Since since the early twenties, everybody's been talking about you know this big data. We have all of this information. I think really, it's only been the last three or four years that we've been able to really utilize that data with the tools that we have now. So if you look at everything from workforce management, the, the kind of the AI infusing of that to look at the data of calls and how they come in to, to take that to different levels when it comes to staffing, looking at all of the, the customer information that is coming in, you know, what customers are saying what, um, that stuff really, we, could, we said we could really do that, but now we can do it at a level that we can drill it down to certain times of day by certain customer bases, by certain demographics. To, to really make really wise decisions for clients. So we've become not just a customer service kind of company in, in, in a BPO contact center, but you know, the marketing companies, uh, the marketing departments in these companies love us as well, right? Because they're getting insights that they've never even thought about. You can talk about doing, um, you know, when, when calls come in and, and, and having agents kind of give me maybe some analytic data, but now, or, or some kind of just easy, quick data that they, they think they're hearing. But now we have actualized reports that are showing what is actually happening with customers, which, is, which has been amazing. And, and again, it's something that is, has been really fun to see over the last couple of years. And you really are able to, to personalize every experience with what you're, you're doing now with analytics. Yeah, and I think th that's the whole part of CX today. It's not a one-size-fit-all, right? So we have different demographic. We have different customer bases. We have different customer types. You know, using data in a CRM, to be able to route specifically to, to different agent sets um, to make sure that we can see if, if a customer who called in yesterday, they're calling again today, maybe we have to move them to the front of the line based on, on some type of data. So I, I think that all that stuff really kind of comes into play um, with, with, with how we do CX now and, and how we, we have to kind of quote unquote, how we're wowing different customer bases based on what they want, whether it's a quick, um, hey, get me off the phone as quick as you can, or if I need to just kind of be with you for a while and I need to talk you through things, um, you know, understanding those skill sets is really what is kind of differentiating different companies as well. We can't have this conversation without talking about AI, obviously. What are your thoughts on AI and specifically AI for CX? Like, how are you exploring that? Right this is the biggest opportunity for creativity in the, the contact center and in the BPO space because nobody knows what they're doing. Um, and I think it's it's been very interesting to the, the companies that are thinking this through from not only a, a revenue generator, but how do we add the customer experience to Because customers don't care about AI, right? They care about the end experience, right? Vendors care about AI. They like to talk about AI. I, in the middleman, right? That am the user of AI for my customers, but there's a lot of thought that's going into this, Right. Everybody wants to talk about the first touch point AI chatbot taking the agent away. I'm more excited about the funnel, 
right? How do we get, once we get past that? And yeah, I, I'm planning on about a 25% reduction in my agents and that's fine. I'm going to have these virtual agents. But when you get down into the funnel and you look at agent assist, right? You look at advanced analytics, advanced routing, um, being able to prompt agents with the information instantly um, when a customer has a question. Those are the things that really excite me. You know, if, if we can kind of you know, mold that this, this kind of AI supervisor on top of the agent, right? And give them that, that, that helpful voice that's always there. And that's coming really uh, at, at a speed that I could not recognize. You know, the other thing too is QA, you know, quality assurance is being totally overrun by AI. That's an area that is the low hanging fruit, right? To, to use a, some type of large language model, like a chat GPT or, or one of those models to, to, to do all of your QA, right? To do your scoring of calls, to not have to have a person score, but use that person now to coach. So I think roles are changing and evolving. That's something that we don't talk about enough um, in the contact center industry is supervisors are turning more into analysts. QA people are more into analysts and coaches. Um, so there's a, it's not just a technology overhaul, it's how we operate that needs to totally change as well. And again, this is one of the reasons I think I, I am successful today because we're willing to do that when a lot of companies aren't. Does it make you nervous how fast AI is progressing right now? And I mean, obviously as a CEO of your business, like you gotta keep up. Yeah. Well, the, the fun thing is, and again, I'm just talking here, so I don't know what you guys can use or not, but literally, so talking to a bunch of BPOs last week, very large logos, th there's a mass confusion over, especially in my niche of CX in the BPO space, of how do we utilize AI? Larger BPOs are just afraid of the ROI being, being dissipated with, with virtual agents, right? Because they've done that, that same model over and over and over. For me, I think this is awesome. This has been, one. it's one of the few times in, in really the industry that I can remember that I have a chance to differentiate totally based on the technology that I utilize. Because I think we are more creative than the larger BPOs. So to, for me to be ha have all of these tools, and again, a lot of this stuff is, is vendor-led right now. It's, they're saying, hey, use this tool for this. I don't care about any of that stuff, right? I just want the tool and then let me figure out how to utilize it differently for my customers, differently for how we're using it in the industry. And again, this is a super cool time for us because this is, a, this is a time in the next two to three years that we can really differentiate and be better than a lot of these much slower moving companies that are still kind of confused on what's going on. What's your business gonna look like in two to three years with what you're doing with AI right now? I mean, it's funny how everybody uses the term, every BPO, if you look now, is, is AI infused, right? I still don't know what that means. Um, I mean, I guess we're AI infused. We use you know, workforce management from, from NICE. We use analytics from NICE. All of the, those tools are AI infused. but I think there will be a headcount reduction. Again, the best thing that I can say with, 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 with how things are changing is we, are, we no longer call ourselves a contact center. Um, I think saying that we just have agents that answer calls is totally wrong. We, we now have to become customer experience providers for our clients, right? So we are technology partners that does the contact center. And if you utilize and you think that through, it's not as scary, right? If, if you realize, yeah, we, we need to infuse AI. We need to use these tools like Agent Assist. We need to use analytics. Um, we're planning on this, this drop off, but you know what? I'm gonna backfill it with a lot of these other type of tools, becoming a more of a professional services company, right? So that's one of the things that we're doing as well is, is IVRs and integrations and, and looking at the technology aspect. So I don't think you can sit and just kind of have the same model that we've always had, especially in the BPO space. 
you need to be a CX technology partner that does the contact center. And you know, a lot of the tools that are available now, it's there. It's just, do you have the forethought and the creativity to, to move yourself down that line? And as we talk about AI, I want to make sure that we also talk about cloudification too, because they're kind of, you have to have both really to succeed nowadays. And you even knew that when I was reading your case study, you know, you chose CX1 because it is a cloud platform. So talk about the importance of the cloud. I don't know how you could survive today with an on-prem solution. Like there, there's, I, I can't fathom it. I don't know why there hasn't been, we, we think that this thing has really migrated and everybody has it, but the vast majority are still on-prem, um, which blows my mind. You know, the, the ease of use of tools, I think is in the, the quickness that I can, I don't want to say slap something on, but integrate a new tool from, from the nice suite is pretty cool, right? So it keeps me at the cutting edge. I don't have to buy another server. I don't have to have another IT person that's going to um, you know, try to program some things. Everything in the cloud is, it's kind of like a, a grocery store, right? You're just like, hey, I want that. Let's put that in. Let's do this. Let's do that. Um, so again, I would say as well, the uptime for me, I can't be down, right? If I am down, Clients don't care that it's that it's a, a provider's fault. They care that I bought that provider and I'm down. So, being having a cloud solution now, we're never down. I've, is there any wood that I can knock on? Um, but I think that's been a huge piece of this too. The security aspect, really, the uptime, and then the ease of of being able to to put tools onto our platform that our customers need and that we can can utilize from an ROI standpoint. I don't know how you would do it any other way. Um, sorry. Since we're talking about CX1, obviously we have to talk about the CX1 Discord integration, first of its kind. How did you even think about that? You know, the NFT world, I feel like, is such a mystery. Walk me through all of that. So in 2020, during COVID, um, everybody was home. My first plan was to become a crypto billionaire as I was sitting at home. Uh, when that did not work, uh, we said, you know, I'm in discords all the time right now, looking at this NFT space, looking at this crypto space. My kids are on discord because they're on Roblox, they're on Fortnite, and it's the wild, wild west. I mean, the amount of language that's used there, the amount of, of people just, just fishing schemes and, and stealing things from in, inside the discord. We said, well, this, this is ripe for, for someone to kind of come in here and, and kind of overhaul how the moderation is done. So that's how we started is with the, we, our company is called Expedia Digital now. Expedia Digital has now done the first, and I think right now is still the only full integration from CX1 into Discord. So we started with moderation. So if somebody, we have, we have listening bots that are housed on Azure. So if somebody says, hey, go F yourself, or uh, you're an idiot, or I need a moderator, I need help. Any of these words that we're utilizing it will prompt a moderator on CX1 so we don't have to be looking in all of these different discords that we're moderating. And we said, okay, that's cool, um, but can we do more? And we said, we have full analytics. Can we do analytics inside discords? And that's different, right? Because if, if you and I have a conversation in a chat, so you say, hey, I have a problem. I say, here's your solution, and we're good. What happens in is that transcript, after we close that case, goes into analytics, and we can kind of see what happened on that. Well, Discord is different. It's just a, it's an unending stream of consciousness of people talking. So we figured out a way of, of using virtual agents to close cases after every time somebody talks. So now we have full analytics 
on customers' discords. So everything from trending keywords to sentiment scores, uh, looking at the server overall, each channel, and even to each specific community member. We're using the customer cards. We said, hey, there's customer cards here. It's like a mini CRM, even though I know you guys don't like us to use that, but it is. So we can now build customer profiles. We can say, hey, this person has 2 million TikTok followers or, or Twitter followers. So this is an influencer. Let's give them a different experience and pop a moderator when they come into the Discord. So building community profiles, understanding who the jerks are in your Discord, understanding who the great people are that we want to kind of promote. Um, all of this kind of evolved over this kind of 2020, 2021, 20, 22, uh, th- those, those years. And, you know, this thing has evolved now to be, go beyond the NFT space, which I thought we would initially utilize it for. But now brands are coming into the space, right? From the Budweiser's to Starbucks to all of these, these Gucci, all these brands are now have discords. And we want to be one of the companies that are there to, to help them be able to moderate and also give them insights into what, what their customers are, are, are saying in these discords as well. What does innovation mean to you? So I think it's innovation to me is looking at a problem or a solution differently. It's so many of us have, have seen the same solution or the same problem for years and years and years. And, you know, some of us say, Hey, is there a better way? And, you know, again, that could relate to anything, but looking at even the, the, how CX is done, the innovation that is, is compared to, to, you know, 1999 when I was starting, right. Looking at having no computers, having just daisy chains that would come and the calls would just go around, around this big circle and people would have to just answer them as you went. Right. Seeing those type of problems and in, in, in how things have changed and how quickly it's changed. I mean, we went from not having computers in, in 1999 in our contact center, in our first contact center, to now using AI 20 years later. Um, so looking at these problems and, and how quickly uh, things have, have changed and evolved, I think, is, is an interesting kind of topic. Um, but also, I think, you know, innovation overall in, in so many aspects of where we are, we, this is one of the best times to be alive. I mean, things are happening so very fast, maybe good and bad, but I think overall, you know, the, the, the creativity is, is, is what I keep going back to. It's, it's the thing that I think allows us to innovate. It's the thing that allows those people to, to really survive or thrive in kind of these type of environments when things are moving so fast. Since you have been in this space for so long, you really understand it. Looking back, what would you say has been the most exciting innovation so far for CX? I mean, I don't have to look back that far to see the, the, the best innovation for CX. I mean, look back six months, eight months. You know, we, we've all been kind of trudging down this technology line where things were very uh, just kind of put in place, right? You know, you, you, you have, you know, it, we went omni-channel, right? We went to, um, that was, you know, the big thing. We went to social, right? We have to have a digital presence and and kind of, it it all kind of made sense. And then, you know, this AI thing has just blown up maybe over the last year and everything that we've done in the last 10 years is totally different over the last six months. Whether we're talking about workforce management, QA, whether we're talking about um, analytics, nothing is the same. And I think that's been the biggest change is, is looking at the last you know, this, this, this kind of AI revolution, how companies are, are starting to utilize it is totally different than even the last 10 to 15 years. The, the speed at which things have changed has just been amazing to me. And, and as a whole, it's really baffled me and kind of blown my mind at the same time. If I looked at your Google search history right now, thinking about AI and CX, like what are you Googling? What are you curious about? 
So hopefully you don't do that. Okay. Um, but I, you know, I, I think that when I'm looking, I'm looking at some more advanced things um, because I'm trying to figure out what's next. And again, that's kind of how I think we've, we've, we've grown is we've never been, okay, let's wait until this kind of really matures. We've made mistakes with that, but I think that's been the DNA of the company. So, and again, not to get like weird on some weird technologies, but when you have an Apple and you have a, a Google and you have a Facebook and a meta all looking at this virtual reality space, this metaverse that has kind of dropped off, I think there's something there now with the AI piece. So, you know, we're, I'm researching and looking at the, the VR, um, the augmented reality, those types of things, how they deal with CX. Those are some of the things, again, I have to have tools that nobody else has to compete with larger BPOs. And we've done a lot of research and thinking kind of some of those things through, but also utilizing AI in, in different ways, right? Creating our own products. Um, we're doing that with, with on, on the QA side. How do we utilize the technology of today to enhance our customers' value prop with us, um, but also increase our ROI at the same time? So there's lots of different ways that to crack this nut, and, and we're just trying to figure out what are the coolest ways and, and I think the best ways from, from the customer side and from our side as well. What's your pie-in-the-sky moonshot wish uh, for you know, a future solution for CX? Yeah, I want how. I want how in the future. Like I want, I want to be able to go, and, and you're starting to see this now, especially with analytics, where I can ask questions or be prompted to ask certain questions to get the answers. I don't want to analyze anymore, right? AI is great at analyzing. I want to be able to, to go in there and be like, hey, um, hey, what were my service levels yesterday on these five products um, or these five skills? Um, what were the lowest CSAT agents? And can you create some learning modules for these guys by 10 o'clock so that that doesn't happen again today? Those types of things I think are coming. Um, the, the lack of, of, of using humans to analyze, using AI to analyze, finding and asking questions you know, th that's the stuff that really excites me um, and, and allows us to, the amount of, of manpower it takes to be a supervisor, to look at service levels, to look at how many calls are in queue, uh, looking at your agent's sentiment scores. You're doing all of these different things. I don't want to do that. I don't, and I think the technology will be able to do that eventually. Um, and, and we can utilize our, our supervisors and our kind of our manpower for, for different cooler things than, than just kind of looking and, and being the... Uh, kind of the, the, the person who's saying, hey, don't do that, or hey, good job. I'm going to ask everyone this question. CX is boring. Prove, prove me wrong. Uh, CX is not boring. And, and I think there's so many ways that we can look at this. We have turned into a full technology play. And we are, CX is leading. And, and if you look at any industry when it comes to AI implementation, when it comes to um, how we're using tools like analytics, Nobody else is really, you know, I, I talk to a lot of even some M&A guys, people who are looking at, you know, investing into new technologies. And a lot of it is, is in the, even in the manufacturing space, it's all very analytic driven. There's only so much you can do. There's some robotics. But when you talk about CX, dealing with, with customers, right, dealing with the kind of the pipeline of every single business and being able to infuse the amount of technology and how fast it's coming. It's the coolest space to be in, um, especially, again, if, if you are creative, if you have a, a, a thought to say, hey, can we do that differently? 
Um, that's the stuff that really excites me. And, and again, if, if you're just saying, hey, we're a call center, we have agents, they answer calls. Yeah, that's boring. Right. And you're not going to be around very long if, if that's really all that you're doing now. But to, to understand that, again, being a, a real technology partner now, especially for, for a BPO, is, is a really exciting space to be in. And, and I think something that is changing and evolving how customer experience in CX is looked at by, by a lot of the industry or outside of the industry, really. I feel like everyone here can say, like, you're one of the most excited people I've ever heard talking about CX. And, like, even looking in your eyes, like, you just, you can tell that you really care about this. You know, what keeps you going every day? What's, what's your purpose here? I think I love CX because this is all I've done. Like, I literally have grown up with this thing. And, and I think when you see it from where it came from, it's like a little, like a little child, right? In the, in the late 90s that you kind of dealt with and everything was, was kind of wonky and, and hard to deal with. And then as you became a supervisor, right? As you took calls, as you were on the floor and you saw if you, how you could help somebody um, and how that changed them. And then you, they became the supervisor and then you moved up. Like this, this evolution, I think that I took, um, the people aspect has been always been a really cool piece of it. Like I didn't never want to be the back dude in the IT area, like programming. I wanted to be on the floor. I'm the high fiver. I'm the raw, raw guy. And I think that that kind of carries over to just how I, how I live my life. Um, and, and the excitement that I have again with, I love being creative. I know I've used creative like 400 times, but the, the amount of cool things that I think I do with my company that the people there have bought into and they have become kind of, they've, they, they've utilized kind of the same energies that I think I have has been something that has made us a lot different in the space. And, and I think that's what really excites me as well is, is the buying from a team member and, and having this kind of get this thing, get a little, almost go viral, right? When it comes to kind of the energy and the, the creativity that I think we have, that kind of keeps me fired up. I think, honestly, we've gotten all that we need, and your answers have been phenomenal. But I do want to give you this chance. I mean, you're sitting in the room where it happened. What else have we not discussed that we have to talk about? I, not, not to go back to something that I said, but I don't know if I stated it well enough. So if I have to say something in the, kind of in the room where it happened, and I want to kind of speak to, to all the BPOs out there, um, you know, so many of, of the BPOs are, are struggling right now to, to understand what's happening in the space, to understand they're scared, right? They're scared that, that AI is going to totally decimate their business. And, you know, I just want to say you, you don't have to be scared, um, but you have to change the model, right? Becoming a, a, a CX technology partner that does contact center, I think is the key um, for, the, for really the future of that industry, and the companies and the organizations that do that and do it quickly and do it well, they're the ones that are going to survive. And if you think that, you know, you're just going to have an agent, a call center agent in a seat billing by the hour, you're in big trouble. But all the tools are there, right? Everything is necessary for the change. Uh, but it's just, it's really, it's, a, it's an industry-wide issue that I think needs to come to a head or a lot of people are going to be hurting pretty bad. Two questions for you, Tom. Yep. One, I want to on the revenue. I get you're a CEO and you're responsible for the revenue, but I don't, I don't buy it. Um, I think you should be on the revenue, and, and I want to hear why. Wait, say that again, the door closed. You, uh, you talk about revenue. You mentioned it a couple times in your answers, and I get you're responsible for the revenue. Right? Revenue doesn't come in, you, you're laying people off. Uh, 
I don't think you're in this just for the revenue. I think there's something else underlying. Um, and if you were breaking even, um, I think you'd stay where you are. Am I wrong? No, I, I love I love the people. I, I really do love the people. I love you know having to, to be able to say that our turnover is it's insane the amount of agents that we've had since the beginning, since that first year that have been with us for 10 to 12 years, that the supervisor are, you know, our average tenure is about seven to eight years that everyone in HR, everyone in client services, all of our IT guys have been there at least seven to eight years. And I think they're, again, everybody talks about culture and they talk about lunches that you may have, or I, I don't know. I think it's, it's more the, what you allow people to do, um, how you treat people, and I, I don't know. I think that there, there is something with that with me that I love that people aspect. Breaking even is totally fine for me in, in, in my BPO. As long as I can continue to, to kind of give, you know, a, a life earning wage um, that we can continue to innovate and do really cool things. Um, it, that's kind of what gets me up in the morning. Again, I want to make money like everybody else, um, but it's not the only thing for sure. So I know um, this scenario um, and having a film crew here, um, you know, it some resources towards your own business. So I, I'd like to ask you to just take 30, 60 seconds and think about this answer. We're going to provide this footage to you uh, if you want to use this you know, down the road. If there's something you want to say about why uh, Expedia, you know, why your business, what's important to you, you know, that you can then hand over to your marketing team to use. You know, this is a good chance to grab this while we've got a film crew here and so forth. So I want to give you just a moment to be able to... to... So Expeed is a different company. You know, we, we, we're not just a, a BPO. We're not just a contact center. We really want to be kind of your, your future roadmap partner. Nobody knows what's going on with AI, especially internal contact centers. And, and we're learning as, as we go, and we're trying to be the experts to kind of guide. And, and I think that's what makes us a little bit different, right? I, I'm totally fine with a, with a company coming to me and saying, hey, here's a 100-seat program we have, but over the next five years, you know, we need you to work that down so it's down to 10 agents because we want to go the AI route. I'm all about that, where I think most, a lot of different contact centers are not, right? So we're looking to partner with companies that want to utilize technology that don't just want to kind of do it the old way. And I think that scares a lot of companies. So it's, it's, a, it's kind of a, the, the factor that I think, again, makes us a little bit different, not just because we're, we're better, our service levels are great, we have white glove service, right? Um, but I think that people need a partner now. People need someone to help them as, as, as we go down this, this crazy technology road to be there for them, to help them with their customers. And that's something that you know, we are trying to really do and, and become one of the main players in the space when it comes to CX in, in changing our model to, to become more of a technology partner than just a contact center. Don't mind. One is, we talk internally a lot amongst our own team. The answer that you give in front of a camera or the answer that you give when presenting to a set of customers changes in the following way. When I ask you to talk about the importance of technology and CX, when you're grilling out at barbecue and somebody says, why does technology and CX matter? That answer changes from the conference room answer. What do you say to your neighbor who says, I don't understand um, my question. Uh, what do you say to your neighbor who says, I don't understand technology and CX, why does it matter? I, I think technology in the space 
is is what everything is now. Like if I'm talking to my my friend, we're talking about you know why why technology matters. You know the the evolution of of what we can do now is amazing. Um, to be able to be quicker, to be able to be better, uh, to be able to utilize some of the tools to to give insights. I think analytics blows people away when you give them examples of things that customers say. And, and to be able to, to change entire business models based on cu- what customers say, based on analytic data, based on the trending keywords, phrases, or th- certain things that we're searching for, you know, th- more CEOs call me from, from our clients that I've never heard of before, who I never deal with saying thank you, because we have been able to shift even the color of a toy to something that was more pal- palatable to, to the customer base. So that's just one example of, of why technology is so important. Now, again, it's the right technologies, right? Not everything is, ha, has been great. Not everything has, has added to, to a, a better customer experience. And I think if you look at customers, not everybody cares, right? So you could have a, 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 a Gen X or somebody who's, you know, 25 or under, they could care less about anything that you have to say about your, your thank you for calling, all of that stuff. They just want their answer. They probably want it digitally and they want to get off the phone, right? But a different customer base, you know, we're dealing with an insurance company. Maybe it's life insurance. Maybe there are older people um, that we have to have those, those different types of conversations. And I think you can utilize technology from a routing standpoint, from an analytics standpoint to make different customer bases and make those experiences totally different and make it easier than we could just do with, with kind of using a rep's brain right? To, to kind of hear and listen and, and, and make those changes. So I think it's, it's how we quote unquote, wow, different customer bases. Every customer base is different on how we wow, but with, with technology, it gives us the insights to make better decisions um, when it comes to, to answering questions and, and having a little bit better experience for our customers. Last question. Um, you have a daughter that you're pretty damn proud of. She's going to watch this video. This is your time to talk to her about why it is to be so amazing. Well, Bundan, I am one of the greatest call center geeks of all time. I, uh, I am one of the best basketball coaches, as you know. Um, I have done so much for my family. I'm a, I'm a huge family man, and you know that as well. I think that uh, you know, everything that we have been able to do from putting the pool in, you know you love the pool. Uh, my, my, you don't fight as much with your brother with it, which is one of the other reasons that, uh, that, that we did that. Um, but I think, you know, you know you love me when I go live on TikTok. You know you love it when I go live on YouTube and LinkedIn. You love watching my videos. So again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, and you're welcome. Hey, you know, before, can I say one more thing? Can I record one more thing? I think one of the things that is how we've, we have changed buying technology, I think is, is kind of a cool thing. And, and it's been a big shift. I think it could be helpful, if that's okay. So, so Tom, I, one of the things you and I discussed at dinner last night is, is how the business has changed through buying technology. Can you just spend a minute or two talking a little bit about that? We've totally changed the thought process of how, how we buy CX technology and really technology as a whole. Before, and this is kind of how we u- used to do it, is we would look at everything siloed. Every single tool was its own tool. And that tool had to answer two questions. Number one, is there an ROI for Expedia? And number two, did it add massive value to our customer? And if one of those were off, we didn't buy it. So again, 
I'm going to make a lot of money, but it's not going to add value to my customer. I'm not doing that. Hey, this is going to be widely awesome for a customer. And before, if there was no RI, we would not do that. And we realized you can't do that anymore. So the, the change has been now, we don't silo our technology. We have to look at technology as a whole, right? We understand that for a lot of contact centers, especially in the BPO space, agent assist does not really enhance revenue. But I will tell you that the last you know, three or four RFPs that we have seen, agent assist is something that is, is kind of the cost of doing business moving forward. So we try to now look at things as, as overall. So here's the ROI. You know, here's some of the tools that don't make money. But if we can utilize some things from analytics and, and charge maybe for some other type of tools, you know, we're trying to get this thing to, to kind of a net zero. So we understand that there are some tools out there that, that may not be ROI positive at the beginning, but the technology is needed in the industry. It's needed for customers. It's going to get us more business and it can be a little bit of a loss leader. Uh, but when you look at the technology as a whole, I think that's the big shift that a lot of BPOs need to make and, and a lot of contact centers need to make to, to be able to utilize technology and, and purchase technology with a, a different mindset. Do I have a dance move? I mean, I, I guess I could, I could, not, what's that, not mow the grass, but that's kind of my, I mean, what do you, you, I mean, you got the lawnmower, right? You got that. You got the, I mean, this is the, what, churn the butter? I think, I think the, I think that's, thank you guys.